It is the Colby Daniels Podcast. I am Colby Daniels, along with Will Brewer, for the final MMA episode of 2021. Will, what is happening, my friend? Man, the final one of 2021. I swear, this year just went by in a blink, man. It's so crazy. I feel like we were just t- on here just talking about Max Holloway and Calvin Cater, that little break that we had. And now we're already back here now to another break to, to end the year going into next year. It's crazy how fast time flies and how much has happened in the last 12 months. But I'm good, man. It's uh, It's been a good year of MMA. Uh, man, I'm, I'm excited for next year. Good good year for you, too, because you avoided having to take a shoey. Yeah, man. I got to, man, Cub Swanson right out, the, right, out, right out the gate, finished it for me. I didn't have to. Uh, be nervous for the rest of the card. I, I could watch it and just, you know, have my feet up, just really taking the fights. Uh, but yeah, Cubs Swanson in it for me. So uh, no shoey for me. Yeah. And uh, I, I will be with you uh, as you do your shoey. I'll be with you in spirit. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully you don't get out of it in your eyes. Um, <laughs> I'll be hoping for the best for you, my brother. <laughs> I feel like it's probably something that needs to be done outside. Just because, I mean, I, I don't know if it's, uh, I, I assume there's going to be spillage and, and everything else so we're gonna do that in january uh but yeah i'm uh i've got the, the shoes picked out that i'm gonna do the shoey from and all of that so that's gonna happen it will be uh recorded and everything and attached to uh to a, a, a podcast in january but uh congratulations to you i actually had a dinner on saturday that i was like hold on we'll go like you know like we pushed back because i was gonna wait until like literally the point where the fight night was done for me and Cub Swanson gets the finish. And I was like, all right, let's go. It's time to go to dinner. I'll watch the rest of this later. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Just, uh, that kind of softens the blow. Some good food. Uh, you yeah. already knew like, oh man, I'm gotta do this shoey, but yeah, let's go to dinner. Let me get, take my mind off for having to yeah. do this damn shoey. It, it, it ended quickly. So first night of the first fight of the night, it was over and, uh, and done. Uh, as far as the fight card, um, we can go through the fights if you want to, or we can just kind of pick, and choose a few of the the moments uh, that you kind of feel like stood out. Uh, man, down for whatever, man. Whatever you want to do. Well, let's. Uh, we we obviously have to hit Derek Lewis and uh, Chris Dawkins. Uh, Derek Lewis looked like a hungry version of Derek Lewis, right? Yeah, that's that's a version of Derek Lewis that we haven't seen. You know, uh, I think when um, you know Styles make fights and he's having and he's been having to fight the Curtis Blades, who's gonna uh, be pursuing him for a takedown. Surreal Gun, who's kind of uh, a hard puzzle to figure out. So you kind of see a more labored labored back Derek Lewis, um, someone who wants to try to bait somebody in. But this one, uh, like I said on the last week's show, uh, Chris Dawkins is a brawler, and uh, Chris Chris Dawkins, uh he's still relatively new to the to the sport. So I think that uh, Derek Lewis uh, saw a, a path to victory, and uh, he saw that Chris Dawkins wasn't really able to do much from the outside. So um, when when uh, Derek Lewis uh, found the the opening to to be aggressive, he he basically just went in and uh, closed the show. I mean, once he once he got aggressive, um, you could see those punches landing, and Chris Dawkins had no no answer. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, Derek Lewis. Uh... I, I think he felt like he was going to get the finish in that fight. And, you know, he saw his opportunity and he, he certainly pounced. And for anybody that thought Derek Lewis was on the way out or was no longer going to be a factor uh, toward the top of the heavyweight division, massively incorrect there. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure how Derek Lewis would approach this fight. But if I would have known that he would have, you know, that he was going to come in and be ultra aggressive uh, like that, I mean... There's not many people who can take a Derek Lewis shot. There's a reason why he's got the most knockouts uh, in UFC history. Um, 
so at the top of this division, uh, he's he's going to be there. Like the, he, people will say that he's a gatekeeper, but I mean he's still a contender. There he's on any given night, Derek Lewis could knock out the heavyweight champion of the world and become champion. That's right. I mean it's just, it's just that simple. So um, you can say he's a gatekeeper. His his MMA skills aren't really up to par, but his his knockout power is is just something really really special. So on any given night, Derek Lewis could be the champion, and he's uh, for for what he lacks in MMA skill, his knockout power just completely makes up for it. And his record is crazy. Like I, I was looking at his record, his, his record is like thirty three and like six or seven or like that. He's barely got any losses and so many wins. Like Derek Lewis uh, has 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 rode his uh, knockout power this long. It's crazy. And with that knockout, he's now the knockout king of UFC history. Yeah, Along. knockout king. There, there's. I mean, we can talk about Francis's power and, and everything, but Derek Lewis has knocked out so many guys. Uh, fights that you think he's losing. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the fight, he ends up getting a knockout. Like Derek Lewis, uh, that knockout power for as long as the fight is going, it's 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 there. It's very dangerous, and he's he's proven it time and time again. And now he's a knockout king, man. Co-main event: Bilal Muhammad and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um, I, I think this might be the most impressive win over Wonderboy ever, right? I mean, Bilal Muhammad absolutely dominated that fight. Yeah, one thousand percent. When you can get a thirty twenty five scorecard against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, uh, that's that shows how special of a performance that it was. I mean, I I don't think anybody expected it. You know, I thought coming off of a loss for Wonderboy, uh, and in relatively a similar manner, uh, I thought Wonderboy would have you know everything kind of down to a point where he wouldn't get taken down like that. But uh, I think the small cage and just um, Bilal's tenacity, man, he was uh, he was aggressive. Uh, he knew he, ne- he that he needed to be in his face and never let Wonderboy uh, breathe at all. Um, it, you know, it's crazy because there was a time when nobody would even think about even trying to take down uh, Wonderboy because if you get too close to him, you're going to eat a kick or something like that. But, you know, it seems like now uh, people are starting to really figure out that puzzle if you have wrestling. You know, nobody uh, really wants to stand with them. I mean, that's I mean, still nobody wants to stand with them. But if you can get them down and, and control them, that's you know, that's the path to victory. Bilal's last two wins over guys that are kind of specialists, right? Damian Maya and Steven Thompson. Uh, he beats Damian Maya, who's a, a ground specialist, beats Wonderboy, who's a stand-up specialist. And uh, all of a sudden, Bilal Muhammad has a lot of options. Yeah, you know, it, it shows that the, the different layers of his game, because, you know, against Maya, he's the one having to defend takedowns. Uh, Maya w- will continue to shoot. But uh, in, in this fight against Wonderboy, he's the one that has to be uh, the aggressor and, and, and lead off with the grappling. So it shows that there's a lot of layers to his game. I remember um, in, in the Diego Lima fight, he ate all those leg kicks, but he was just his cardio was just crazy. Um, of course, the Leon Edwards fight, you know, happened how it happened. But, um, you know, that, that would be a good fight to see happen in the future. But uh, outside of that, you know, Bilal has been pretty uh He's been pretty flawless. I think his only loss has been to like Jeff Neal in his last like eleven fights. So yeah. um, he, he's on he's on a path, man. Amanda Limosh got a split decision win over Angela Hill. Um, I I one hundred percent didn't know who won that fight when it ended. I I thought this could go either way. Man, I that that was a really close fight. Um, Amanda Limosh uh, landed a, a beautiful kick in the first round. I think she kind of tired herself out. Uh, and then like Angela Hill being just how tough she is, just, you know, was in her face pressuring her the rest of the fight. Uh, and it was it was a close fight. You know, I, I think that Lemos was such a big favorite that some of the things that Hill was doing to her in those later rounds were were surprising. And then you, you get to looking at what uh, Angela Hill is doing and you don't really pay too much attention to what Amanda Lemos is doing. But she was still in that fight. Um, I had to watch it again um, because. Watching it live, I thought that Angela Hill won the decision. And then rewatching it, I, I thought that it was really close. And I, 
I, I didn't know who won. I thought, you know, it's, it's just a toss up. Right. But um, I'm not mad at the at the split decision, uh, uh, you know, toss up. Any any of them could have won. But the 3027 uh, for Amanda oh, Lemos. Oh, that was absurd. Yeah, that, that that was crazy, man. I mean, Angela Hill deserved better than that for her performance. She definitely won uh, one of those rounds. So. She won round two. Uh, like Lemos, I think easily. easily won round one. Yeah. Angela Hill easily won round two, and I think yeah. you can make the case for either to win round three, and that's why it could go either way. But I don't feel like there were there were more than one 50-50 round. Like I, I feel I felt like it was pretty solidly Limoch in round one, solidly Angela Hill in round two, and then whoever you felt like maybe slightly edged the other in round three, then that's where you lean. But yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, and, and it, it takes away from such an incredible fight. Just seeing like thirty twenty seven, you know, it, when when if you didn't watch the fight and you see the scorecards, uh, you see that it was a split decision. But it, I think that the thirty twenty seven doesn't really tell the whole story of the fight like it should. So. Um, it was a, it was an incredible fight. Uh, Angela Hill, she's been on the wrong side of these split decisions so much in her career, but she's continuously getting better. Um, and Amanda Lemos, man, she's she's special. She's she reminds me, she fights exactly like Davidson Figueredo, like the stance, yeah. the switch, the stance switches, the power. Like she fights exactly like him. It's crazy. Uh, she's a problem in that division. All right, so we have uh, at bantamweight Ricky Simone getting the finish over Rafael Asuncao. Uh, kind of the uh, the. The win for Ricky Simone's resume that that puts him in the top fifteen and is going to open big doors for him as well. And this is a guy that I, I felt like uh, has just been waiting for a win like this to to kind of put him in that upper tier. Exactly, you know, and I feel like a lot of the world has been waiting for it, like the hardcores, like like myself. Um, you know, you you see Ricky Simone fight and you see the potential, but you kind of like ah, you know, but he hasn't really fought you know a, a guy of this level. Uh, but to go in there and to do that to a Sunsau, a guy who's been at the top of the bantamweight division, I mean, he's on a, he's on a losing streak, but the the experience, uh, the skill set, I mean, all that plays into, uh, into factor in this fight. And Ricky Simone kind of just um, ran through him, man. Um, uh, after a win like that, now you're in the discussion, man. I mean, and just just seeing that he's just now going to crack, crack the top 15 after you know seeing how good that he is, it's it's crazy. That division. I feel like every fight card, there, there's someone in the bantamweight division who you're like, man, he's not even ranked yet. Yeah. And uh, Ricky Simone is just another example of that. Yeah. Um, Matush Gamrot or Matoush Gamrot or Mat I've heard it said about eight different ways over the last two weeks. Um, but uh, I think on Saturday night they were saying Matush Gamrot uh, over Diego Fajeda. Um, it, it turns out Fajeda has has said that he had a rib injury before the fight. You saw in the second round that knee to the rib uh, was was the the finish for Gamrod and, and, and Diego was uh, was trying to get the ref's attention to stop that thing and uh, it comes to an end but uh, I mean Gamrod's one of those guys at lightweight that uh, is is incredibly underrated and uh, gets gets his big punctuation win yeah same thing for, just like I was saying about the bantamweight division I feel yeah. like there's there's an, always a guy in the lightweight division who's not ranked who you look at and you're like wow uh, he's ultra talented, and Gamrot is another example of that, man. Uh, to to take out a guy like Fajeda, who's um, who was ranked, uh, he probably won't be ranked anymore. But you know now, um, Gamrot's gonna probably enter the top fifteen, and um, you know that division is just so loaded. He's twelve, I mean, even by with the way. guys out. Gamrot's twelve. Yep. Okay, yeah. So um, there's a lot of interesting fights out there for him, man. And with his style, with him being able to take the fight anywhere, I mean, there's some really intriguing uh, stylistic matchups out there for him. 
And then the main card opened up with uh, Cub Swanson. We we know how good he is. Darren Elkins, who's somewhat of a a psychopath, and I mean that in a, a good way. Um, I I was I was just expecting that Cub Swanson was going to have a lot of good moments early, and that Darren Elkins was just going to try to withstand all of it and make this some sort of fifteen minute war. And uh, it never got there. Cub Swanson took care of business early. You know, I still think that uh, Cub is one of the best featherweights in the world. I mean, he's had some bad luck with. Uh with some losses and he's had some injuries. I mean, he tore his ACL and so he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind for a little bit, but you know, I think after his last performance, getting a knockout and then this performance against Elkins, um, you know, I, I just, I still think very highly of Cub. Uh, I still think he's got the skill. He's still got the speed. Um, and you know, Darren Elkins, he's really tough, but uh, you know, I just didn't think that he'd be able to withstand uh, Cub's power and his speed. And when Cub has a guy hurt, uh, he'll be able to finish him, but he won't, overly exert himself he won't be overly aggressive to get the finish you saw um when he would knock down knock him down a few times he he could have went in for the kill but he kind of laid back because you know how tough darren elkins is and once once you get too tired that's when darren darren elkins shines but um cub was able to uh, get him down and eventually get him out of there uh any any thoughts on the prelims i i was so busy i didn't get to see the majority of the prelims and haven't had a chance to go back and, and rewatch yet i did see the uh the Charles Jordan, uh, Andre Ewell fight, which was pretty entertaining. Yeah, man, Charles Jordan. Uh, he he came in uh, in the third round and basically just punctuated uh, a phenomenal performance against Andre Ewell. Uh, Raquel Pennington uh, getting the finish over Macy Chasson was was uh, was pretty cool. Um, Melissa Gatto with the front kick uh, to the body of Sajar Eubanks. Um, Gerald Mearshart uh, getting the submission late in a in a fight that he was probably losing uh getting get, getting the finish so the prelims were fun man uh, it was a overall very fun night of fights by the way how about Mearshart's won three now since that uh hamzat ko yeah man i, I mean w when you lose a fight that big i mean it, it was a big fight for him you know hamzat's got a lot of you know publicity and you know a lot of uh, movement a lot of power but uh, for him to lose in that fashion of 14 seconds and then you know, for him to reel off three in a row, you know, a lot of guys probably would have took that loss and probably would have started the downward spiral. But uh, Mearshart has really turned it around, man. He's won three in a row. All right, buddy. Uh, let's uh, we can, do you want to go MMA awards first or do you want to revisit our January predictions of who would be the champion at the end of the year in each division? Oh, man, that's what well, a good one. Um, let's do the. Let's do the um, predictions. OK, OK. Here we go. So back in January, uh, we went through who all of the champions were to start 2021, and we made our predictions about who would be the champion at the end of 2021. And now that the final UFC card of this year is in the books, we can revisit all of this. So in the women's divisions, uh, we were across the board the same. We both had Rose, we both had Valentina, and we both had Amanda in both divisions uh, that she had the belt in. So uh, there was no difference, um, but uh, Rose was not the champ at the beginning of the year, um, and we both said she would be at the end of the year. Valentina had the belt. She maintained the belt. Amanda had uh, one of the belts, did not maintain one of them, and then still has the other. All right, so uh, in the men's divisions, uh, we both said that it would be Figueredo at flyweight at the end of the year. He lost to Moreno, I believe, in February or March, early in the year. Uh, mm -hmm. So we were both wrong about Figueredo. Uh, we both had, and this is this is crazy, at the beginning of the year, in bantamweight, Peter Yawn had the belt. We both went Aljo 
being the champion at the end of the year. And although it's right, it feels like it's uh, not a, not like I, I don't even I almost feel like that's not even a win. You're right, right. Yeah. So we were both right that Aljo would have the belt at the end of the year. But does he really does have he? the belt though? Does he? Yeah. Uh, featherweight. Volk had the belt to start the year. I said Volk would have it at the end of the year. You said Max would have it at the end of the year. Uh, at lightweight, you know, that was when we didn't really know what the future was going to be with, with Khabib and, and whether he was going to retire or not. Uh, so, there, you know, it was either there was no belt or, or Khabib had it. Uh, I said that it was either going to be Gaethje or Charles Oliveira. You said it was either going to be Gaethje or Khabib. So we again we just we didn't know um, what the situation was going to be there. Uh, we both had Usman maintaining at at welterweight. Um, at middleweight, Israel Adesanya had the belt to start the year. I said Adesanya would have it at the end of the year. You said Robert Whitaker would have it at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, this is the part that I remember. I remember why I said Whitaker. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I know my the rest of them now. <laughs> at light heavyweight. Um, Jan Blahovich had the belt. I said Jan would have it at the end of the year. Incorrect. You said Israel Adesanya would have it at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. then the last one at heavyweight, Stipe had it at the beginning of the year. I said Francis Ngannou would have it at the end of the year. And you said John Jones would have it at the end of the year. Yep, I sure did. I, yep. <laughs> I definitely remember. <laughs> so that was, I, I was like, I know I have that somewhere. And I searched for it for like 30 minutes. Uh, written down and, and finally found it. And I was like, that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, recapping all that. See, John never fought. So, I mean, dang. Uh, I thought that Izzy would have beat Jan and then relinquished the middleweight title. And then Robert Whitaker was going, was going to win it. Um, of course, Usman. Uh, I thought uh, with, with lightweight, I mean, the, it was so, um, the, the, the landscape of lightweight division was so questionable. You didn't really know what was going on. Um, but you know, Gaethje, I, I thought that he was the best, uh, of the bunch and uh, outside of Khabib. So I yeah. thought, um, it was going to be Khabib or, or Gaethje. I still think Max is the, the best featherweight in the world. Uh, my opinion on that might, might have changed. I mean, I think it's just like, these guys are basically neck and neck one, a one B type thing. Um, 135. that division's so loaded. I mean, I don't even know who I would pick for, for, uh, when we do this next week. And then uh, flyweight, that's up in the air too. Uh, and then the same thing with the women's divisions, man. These divisions are getting so loaded. Yeah. I mean, that I don't really see there being too many dominant champions. I mean, there's going to be a couple, but a lot of these divisions will probably see some new champions. Yeah, I, just the overall depth, I think, really throughout the entire sport. You know, most of the divisions, you just feel like there's so much more depth than there's been. And, uh, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, the longer you're around, the more people that are going to enjoy the sport and start at a younger age and probably become more well-rounded. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a growing sport. And, and as time goes on, that's just, you know, inevitable. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to look at a lot of these divisions and just kind of play that game in your head because there's so many different routes that, that the thing could potentially go. All these divisions are so loaded, all of them, every single one. I mean, there was a time when light heavyweight wasn't really that good, but you look at it now, the division, it's really uh, took, took form. Uh, heavyweight. Um, there was a time when it was just steep A and DC. Now there's legit right. contenders, prospects. Um, same thing with middleweight. And then you got these guys coming up, uh, like the the Alex Pajadas and like Ian Gary at lightweight. That like, there's so many new stars. Uh, like the UFC, it, it, it continues to grow. Uh, guys are just coming in, and they're so good. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. Um, 
and and this is this is the reason why the UFC continuously gets better every year. Like you 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 think that it can't get any better than 2020, yeah. and then you see a year like 2021. It's it's insane. So there's no reason for me not to believe that 2022 is going to be even bigger than 21 was. And 21 was massive. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's uh, let's get to our 2021 UFC awards, uh, and we will start with the male champion of the year. Um, and and we decided. We're going to go one, two, three for each of us. So in order, your first, second, and third place for male champion of the year. Should, should I do third place, second place, first place, or should I do first? Oh, yeah, you can third? do Yeah, you can do third, second, okay. first. Okay, so and what was the category? Male champion of the year. Okay, male champion of the year. I wanted to year. split up the, because you can just go fighter of the year, but I mean, I think generally most people lean toward the champions, so you might as well just do a champion and then, a you know, the non-champions in separate categories right right for sure um male champion of the year uh third place i went uh israel adesanya okay. uh, middleweight champion second place i went alexander volkanovsky a featherweight champion and uh, of course first place i went with uh, welterweight champion kamaro usman okay i went uh third place glover Teixeira. Light heavyweight champion. I mean, you know how long he's been around the sport to finally get uh, this chance uh, in in a fight where none of us picked Glover Teixeira to win, and for him to finally uh, become a champion. Uh, Glover Teixeira for me, third place. Charles Oliveira, second place, wins over Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier, or second round finishes, or no, third round finish over Dustin, second round finish over Michael Chandler for Charles Oliveira, and then, I mean, Kamaru Usman beat Gilbert Burns. Masvidal and Colby in 2021 like that's three title defenses this year against those three guys I I don't think you can go anywhere but Kamaru Usman in the number one slot absolutely I mean Usman's year it's just uh incredible uh Charles Oliveira had an outstanding year you know I I think with Volkanovsky uh having a potential fight of the year candidate I mean it was his only uh appearance but it was such a phenomenal fight and then uh you know Israel he went up uh, trying to get the light heavyweight title, failed at that, but then uh, came back and still, uh, you know, asserted his dominance at middleweight. So, um, and then of course Glover. I mean, you can't. I mean, what can you what what can you say about Glover to share, man? Just how he turned his career around, right? Um, and then to to be able to be the the champion now, it's it's amazing, man. What a story. Well, it's awesome for two of those guys, Charles Oliveira and Glover to share. At some point, like I don't know that anybody ever thought that there was going to be another path for either one of those guys. All right, female champion of the year. All right, female champion of the year. Um, in third place, I went Amanda Nunez, um, former bantamweight champion, uh, current featherweight champion. Uh, you know, still, you know, one of the best pound for pound female fighters in the world. Um, second place, I went Rose um, for her to come out, win the title back um, from Whaley in the, in the manner that she did, and then to solidify. Uh, her being a champion by beating Whaley again. And this is uh, against Whaley, who had won like 20 fights in a row, yeah. um, who was looking invincible. And Rose basically just uh, knocked her out in the first fight, made her change camps, <laughs> and then uh, beat her again um, in a very, very tough fight. And then uh, first place, uh, I think, of course, you, I think Valentina is the, the one right now. Um, all, all, these, all these women at, at flyweight, uh, she's just making it look easy. Um, and she's basically cleared out the division, and we're waiting on uh, a contender to emerge. 
but we're looking at we're looking now at the number six, number seven. Like she's wiped out the Chukagians yeah. and Jennifer Myers and Jessica Eyes, like all of the all of the fighters who are at the top five, top six, like she's wiped all of them out. We're just looking for somebody to come up uh with some with some type of challenge. So uh Valentina uh for me at number one. All right, so I went Juliana Pena at number three. Um I mean, obviously, the win over over the goat speaks for itself. Uh, she also had um, a January finish over uh, was it uh, Sarah McMahon? Yeah. Early in 2021, so two wins for her, um, and and you know again the 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 upset uh, that we just witnessed is still just shocking. Uh, Valentina, I I struggled with Valentina and Rose for first and second, and kind of flip flopped uh, a couple times, but I ended up with Valentina second. She beat Andrade and Lauren Murphy in 2021 and then rose um not only finishing whaley the first time but then in that five round war against whaley the second time uh i i just uh i decided rose was going to be uh the it's really hard to beat somebody i think twice like that so um that was kind of what edged it for me and you know maybe it's because valentina is so dominant like it probably shouldn't penalize her for being so dominant that like you don't feel like her competition is at the same level as as maybe rose but uh that was just kind of how it made sense in my mind. All right, male fighter of the year, non-champion. Male fighter of the year, non-champion. <clears throat> so this one, uh, I, I still, you know, I have three names listed, but I don't know in what order okay. <laughs> I, I really want to put them in. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's tough. So I guess I'm going to go uh, third place. Uh, man, this is so tough. Uh. I'll go first. Let okay, you go ahead. Go ahead. Minute. All right, so my third place, I'm going to go Sean O'Malley. 3-0 in 2021. Wins over uh, Thomas Almeida. Um, is it Chris Matino? And yeah. then uh, Paiva on the last pay-per-view card. So he was number three. Number two, Islam Mahashev. Wins over Drew Dober, uh, Tiago Moises, and Dan Hooker in 2021 and then my number one and some people may argue surreal gone's not a champion yet so he didn't go in my championship category so surreal gone wins over rosenstrike volkov and Derek lewis in 2021 he gets my first place spot okay so i i also had uh surreal gone on my list so i'm, I'm glad that you said that but so surreal gone was actually my third place okay uh he's actually going to be my third place I considered putting him first, but I was like, ah, you know, I think uh, these other two might have had better years. Uh, second place, I went Dustin Poirier. Uh, despite the, the the championship loss at the end, I think that you know his two performances uh, in the uh, against Conor McGregor in such high stakes uh, fights uh, put him there for me. And the number one uh, non non champion, uh, I'm gonna go uh, Max Holloway. Uh, his January performance since Calvin Cater was outstanding. Uh, one of the best performances of the year. And then, of course, uh, the, the a fight of the year candidate with uh, with Yair Rodriguez to, to end it out. So uh, Max is number one for me. Very nice. All right, female fighter of the year. What do you got? So these are so these were non-champions. Non-champion. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure. So uh, female fighters of the year, non-champions. Uh, third place. I went Casey O'Neill. <clears throat> <Damn. laughs> Casey O'Neill from Flyway. Sorry. <laughs> uh, second place, I, I went back to Flyway and I picked uh, Aaron Blanchfield. And then, uh, 
No, okay, sorry. Second place was Amanda Lemos. Okay. And first place was Aaron Blanchfield. Okay, very nice. Uh, so I went uh, Amanda Lemos third. She went 3-0 in 2021. I went Casey O'Neill second. She also went 3-0 <laughs> in 2021. And then I went Marina Rodriguez first with uh, wins over Amanda Hebos, Watterson, and Dern. So You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's only right. It's only fitting that you finally, finally pick Marina right? Rodriguez. Finally. <laughs> Because, I mean, she's, she might be a part of the reason why you have to do the shoey. That's right. So, I mean, you know, I think it's only fitting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, championship fight of the year. Man, um, there was a lot. There, were, You know, of course, the UFC is filled with, with championship fights. But, you know, it was kind of tough to pick three that really stood out over, over the pact. But um, championship fight, uh, number three for me, um, Oliveira versus Chandler, lightweight championship at uh, UFC 262. Uh, number two, Usman Covington, uh, UFC 268, main event at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it was it was it was a chess match, a very very good fight. And then uh, number one for me was uh, Volkanovski and Ortega uh, from 265 or six or yeah. whichever one. Uh, but that was an incredible fight. Um, even though uh, Volk was uh, winning most of it, uh, Ortega made it fun uh, with how tough that he is. And then the, the, those moments in the third round where he almost got the finish. I mean, there was a lot of theater in it. So um, Volk and, and uh, Ortega for me. I have the same three, only I have Usman Covington, two in third place, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler in second place, and Volkanovski, Ortega in first place. All right, non-championship fight of the year. Uh, by the way, just I, I wrote down like eight fights <laughs> and uh, then had to like decide between those, but this one was tough. So, uh, again, it's kind of tough for me to really th- uh, think about what I want, what order I want these in. Uh, but I'm going to go third place. I'm going to go uh, Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Uh I love a good chess match, and that and that fight was as good of a chess match as you'll see um, in any fight in, uh, in MMA. Second place, I went uh, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Uh, such a tough, tough fight between two warriors. Uh, they left, they both left it all out there. Uh, Yair put Max in some really, really tough uh, positions, but Max was able to uh, just weather the storm and uh, and really put it on him in the later rounds. And then number one for me, man, uh, Gaethje Chandler, MSG. I mean. I don't think there's any other way that you can go. Just the, like, like you said, like after that fight was over, I mean, you have to like really like have a reset because that fight was just so crazy. And yeah. it was only three, it was only three rounds. Imagine if there was two more of that. Oh. It's, it's crazy to even consider, but uh, Gaethje Chandler for sure. Okay. So uh, I, I definitely had um, all that you mentioned on, on my list. Uh, so third place for me, um, I'm still, as I'm looking at this, like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, what a, what a ridiculous list of fights. Um, okay. I'm going to go third place. I'm trying to decide which Max Holloway fight. Uh, um, give me Max Holloway, Calvin Cater. I mean, it was the the main event to start 2021 and it was, it was just incredible. Uh, second place, I'm going to go Yuri Prohaska, Dominic Reyes. And first place, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. I, like, to me, that was the easiest pick of this entire— maybe as easy as Kamaru Absolutely. Usman as the champion of the year. <laughs> like, nothing to me even came close to Gaethje Chandler. Yeah, man. Uh, Gaethje and Chandler was incredible. I mean, G- I mean, Shane Burgos and Billy Q was an incredible fight. Yeah. But nobody was even 
prepared to watch that fight after what they saw from Gaethje and Chandler. It was just incredible. The crowd was just so was so into it uh, from the jump, like the energy in the place, and then just the energy from the fighters. I mean, it was just an incredible three rounds of action, and uh, nobody took a backward step. I mean, yeah. it was all it was all action all the time, man. So I I also had uh, Sanhagen Yawn and Sanhagen Dillashaw on the list. I had Burgos Billy Q that you just mentioned on the list. I had Marab versus Marlon Marais on the list. Wow, yeah, yeah. I had Poirier McGregor two on the list. And then uh, Kennedy and Zechiku, Carlos Olberg on the list. <laughs> wow, yeah. That, that was uh... That fight was stupid. That fight was stupid, man. Just just when you think back, I forgot all about that fight. But when you think back on it, Alberg was piecing him up, yeah. and then just like Kennedy just kept going forward. I mean, what an incredible fight! And then uh, Yuri and uh, and uh, Dominic Reyes. I mean, for as long as that fight lasted, that was an incredible, incredible fight. Uh, I mean, I wanted to pick that one, but you know, I, I think I prioritized the, the 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 good chess matches a little bit more. Nice, but. Uh, but still, that fight deserves to be uh, probably in the top three. Yeah, you know, I, I I know a lot of people didn't really love the uh, the Adesanya Jan Blahovich fight, but I loved that fight. I thought that fight like I couldn't breathe that entire fight because th- you were just waiting for one guy or the other to make a mistake the whole way, right? Like it was that that fight was precision from both guys the entire way and could have gone either way at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, for. For I mean, the first four rounds, I had it knotted up. And then yeah. in the fifth round, um, I mean, Jan got the takedown. But halfway through, I didn't know who was going to win the fight. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was an incredible fight. Izzy uh, didn't put on any r- real weight. He just didn't cut any weight. So he went in really light. And for him to have that type of performance against a guy who's like 30 pounds bigger than him on fight day, um, you know, it just goes to show, man, Izzy's a special athlete. Uh, I think if, he's, if he goes back up to 205 one day, I think he'll uh, – I think he'll I think he'll put on more size, but I mean uh, that fight just in itself. I mean it showed a lot about Jan Blahovich, man. It showed how much he's grown as a uh, as a mixed martial artist. Um, just an incredible fight, man. Yeah. All right, fight card of the year, Will Brewer. What do you got? I think I think um, I'm pretty confident that you have the exact same three that I have. Okay. If not, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty surprised. Okay. But in in what order? I don't know. Because I'm still conflicted on first and second place, but third place for me is uh, 261. Uh, I think uh, the you know triple title fight, first fight back with fans, the energy in the place, uh, and the fights were were incredible. Uh, Valentina winning, Rose becoming champion, and then uh, Usman with that big knockout at the end. 261, um, third place for me. Second place, and I'm just making this decision as I'm speaking right now. Second place for me is going to be 268. Okay, 268 for me in MSG, uh, Usman Covington 2, uh, Rose Whaley 2. Had the fight of the year uh, with, with Gaethje and Chandler. Um, I think the, re- the only reason why it wasn't number one for me is because I think the, the, the co-main and the main event, they, it didn't have much. Uh, I mean, they were, they, were, they were good fights, but I mean... You know, they they weren't the best that, that they could have been. Uh, and then the prelims, um, Chris Curtis on the prelims, Alex Pajeda on the prelims, Ian Gary on the prelims. I mean, um, a lot of, uh, of really talented fighters made their debuts. But for me, uh, number one is 269 uh, this last pay-per-view. Um, 
I think, you know, with how great of a performance we saw from Dominic Cruz, the knockout from Tai to Avasa, um, the the upset. The, I think that's the one that put it over the top for me. The upset of Amanda Nunez, Charles Oliveira, and and Poirier, uh, the finish there. Um, Sean O'Malley, the you know the star that he is. So yeah. uh, for me, two sixty nine uh, in a in a thin thin decision will get my card of the year. Okay. This was really tough. Uh, the top two I felt like were really easy, and then after that, I struggled between two sixty seven, which was the uh, Jan Blahovich Glover Teixeira main event card, uh, two fifty nine, which was Blahovich Israel Adesanya, but also had the Amanda Nunes Megan Anderson title fight, had the Aljo Peter Yan crazy controversy title fight. Uh, Islam Mahashev was on that card. Dominic Reyes was on that card. The one thing that probably prevents me from just completely saying that one was better was it also had the dud of the year with Rockich and Tiago <laughs> Santos. Uh, yeah. And then uh, 261, as you mentioned. Uh, so 261 was third place. Uh, I went 269 as my second place. And, I mean, when you start UFC 268 and the first fight on the main card is Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, and you follow that up with another fight of the year candidate and yeah i mean maybe the the final two fights didn't have a lot of wow moments but they both went the distance and i don't know about you but i thought when when they were making the the announcements like there was a chance it could have gone either way i didn't think it was decisively going to go one way or the other and especially with how inconsistent mma judging is like i thought there's a chance that either one of those things could have gone the other way so i felt like there was massive drama on top of the entertainment value where for me like UFC 268 was clearly the number one. UFC 269 was clearly the number two, and then I felt like there was there were several that could have gone in third place. So, um, 269 for me, I think it has a little special uh, place in my heart because it happened on my birthday too. But I mean, I, I agree with I everything that. that you said yeah. on on 268 because uh, now that I look back on it, I when Wavy and Rose finished, I did not know who had won that fight. Yeah. And then with with Usman and Covington, I was pretty confident that Usman had won, but there was a lot of people who uh, said, you know, Kobe won the third round, and I was like, wait, what, where, how? But yeah, um, yeah, it was a it, it was a really close fight. So uh, and uh, of course, Cheeto Vera with that big knockout, and then Billy Q and Shane Burgos was 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 phenomenal. Gaethje Chandler was phenomenal. So uh, I mean, it was just it's so tough with two sixty eight, two sixty nine. But what what a way to end the year for the UFC with the pay-per-views, man. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, the last three, right? Because we had yeah, 67 and 68 in back-to-back weekends, and then uh, and then 69. Like, holy cow. They they crushed it to close out the year. All right, this one this one's also fun, and I, I wrote down a few for this. Knockout of the year, Will. Man, I, I picked four because okay. I, I, could, I couldn't just do three. Um <clears throat> Number four for me was uh, Kamaru Usman over Jorge Masvidal at UFC 261. Uh, number three for me was Rose Namajunas over Weili, uh, over Zhang Weili, uh, the big head kick uh, out of nowhere. Uh, it was kind of like the RKO out of nowhere. I mean, it was just so sudden, <laughs> so quick. Uh, and then just to see Weili go down like that, uh, someone who had been so dominant. Um, number two for me is going to be... Um, Yuri Prohaska over Dominic Reyes, the the spinning elbow. And then it was just an incredible fight. And then for it to end like that, I mean, you knew somebody was going down. Yeah. Uh, but for Yuri to end it like that in spectacular fashion, it was uh, 
it, it was unbelievable, man. Uh, Yuri's Yuri's a special uh, striker. But number one for me, um, you know, Corey Sanhagen over Frankie Edgar. I uh, I never expected Frankie to get knocked out like that. But, I mean, it was so quick. Um, he made the decision just to jump. And, and, you know, Frankie never saw it coming. It was uh, uh, as perfect of a strike that you'll, that you'll see. And uh, number one for me, Corey Sanhagen. All right. Very nice. So I wrote down as like honorable mentions. I had Poirier over McGregor in January. I had Francis over Stipe. Um, I had Rose over Whaley. And then I had Usman over Masvidal. Uh, my top three in this order are number three, Derek Lewis on Curtis Blades. Literally, the only path that Derek Lewis had to win that fight was to wait for the big shot. And when the opportunity presented, he hit the guy on the button and fight was over. Uh, so... Derek Lewis, number three. Number two, Yuri Prohaska, Dominic Reyes. Uh, I mean, you just talked about it. That that was unreal. That fight was unreal, but the way that it finished was just like, holy cow. And then, uh, yeah, Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar is is the number one. Like, that uh, That certainly took Corey Sanhagen to a new level, but the, the, I mean, to see Frankie Edgar get finished in that fashion also, I think, you know, because of who it is maybe also contributes. You just didn't, you know, at the time, like, it was like, whoa. Holy cow. So, uh, yeah, I, I watched, uh, after I did that list, I put my list together and then I went to YouTube and did like best UFC knockouts of 2021 and watched several videos. And it was a lot of fun to go back and watch all the, a bunch of the great KOs of the year. You know, uh, there's a part of me that thinks like we, we went through like two different years all in one because like those first like apex pay-per-view yeah. fights, I mean, it kind of seems like those were so, so long ago. And then now, like the um, when the when the crowd came back, it just seemed like you know this is like the start of a new year. Yeah. But um, yeah, you kind of you kind of forget about those early uh, Apex ones, like the uh, Poirier McGregor knockout was incredible. The uh, uh, Francis and Stipe, man. I mean, you knew that it was you knew that Francis has the power to knock him out, but to actually see it happen and to see Francis become champion and actually pull it off, it was uh, incredible. Um, we had a lot of of interesting knockouts and uh but yuri prohaska i mean it was really tough for me to pick between yuri and, and sanhagen uh it was really tough because i think the fight itself with yuri and dominic really played a huge factor in that knockout but you know with sanhagen just doing it at the gate man it, oh man incredible all right submission of the year will okay so third place for me uh, I had Vicente Luque over Michael Chiesa. Uh, I think that was uh, an incredible submission. It, it was a way that I didn't think that uh, Luque would win, but he uh, snatched up his neck in a in a scramble and uh, submitted Michael Chiesa. You know, I, I didn't see I didn't see that coming at all. Um, uh, so third place for me, Vicente Luque. Second place for me, and, it, it, you know, between second place and first place is really tough, but second place for me, Andre Muniz over Jacare Souza, uh, breaking his arm like that, putting him into retirement. I mean, Jacare is, is a black belt of, like, the highest degree, and then you get a guy like Andre Muniz to submit him like that. Didn't, not to submit him, but to just break his arm like that because uh, Jacare didn't even tap. And then um, <clears throat> number one for me, uh, Brandon Moreno over Davidson Figueredo um, uh, for him to – uh, take his bag like that, choke him out, win the title. Um, I believe he was uh, not a massive underdog, but uh, 
But, you know, there was a lot of people who thought that Figueredo would get this win. Yeah. Uh, but Moreno winning the title um, by submission. So he gets my submission of the year. Very nice. Uh, I like that. I uh, I went with uh, Luque over Chiesa, number three as well. Uh, my number two was Anthony Hernandez against Rodolfo Vieira which was also one of the upsets of the year. But for him to submit the guy that was the submission specialist and him being a massive underdog uh, contributed to that. And then Andre Muniz versus Jacare was my number one. I, uh, I also had uh, Chemaev over Lee Jiangliang as an honorable mention. And then uh, Oliveira over Poirier as an honorable mention. So. Yeah, those are man, Oliver and Poirier. I, that was the one I struggled with. Um, that Anthony Hernandez one, though, uh, I didn't even think about putting that one in. Uh, that one was yes yeah, to submit the guy who is the uh, who's supposed to be the submission master yeah. or whatever. I mean, it, it kind of resembles a little bit of like uh, Muniz and Jacare, but um, for him to do that, incredible man. We like, like just thinking back to the year that it, that we've had <laughs> with all these awards and stuff. You're like, man, yeah. all this sh- all this stuff that's happened is crazy. Yeah. All right, performance of the year. All right, so um, this one was tough because I feel like there's been so many solid performances. Um, I, I, I'm going to throw in two of my uh, honorable mentions. Uh, Kamaru Usman uh, against Jorge Masvidal. And then um, Alexander Volkanovsky against uh, Brian Ortega. Those are my two uh Honorable mentions. Third place for me, uh, Surreal Gone over Derek Lewis. Flawless, flawless performance. Um, went out there and shut down the uh, the knockout king. Uh, didn't even give him any opportunity to land anything. Uh, it was it was basically a shutout, and then uh, he ended up getting the finish. Uh, second place for me, uh, Dustin Poirier over Conor McGregor. Uh, the, the second fight, um, Poirier. I mean, I don't think we really knew what to expect out of the fight in terms of what the game plan would be, was going to be for both guys. But for Poirier to go out there, chop up, chop up the leg, and then uh, put Conor McGregor away like that in the second round, um, flawless performance from Dustin Poirier. He had to weather a storm. Uh, Conor landed some yeah. some solid punches in the first round, but Poirier was able to weather the storm and then uh, put him away in the second round. First place for me, and I don't think there's any other way you can go. Max Holloway back in January against Calvin Cater, one of the best performances that I've ever seen. Um, might it might be the best performance of all time. I, I mean, I, if it's not the best, it's on the short list. Uh, Max Holloway went out there and and snapped. <laughs> he yeah. went out there and just had an incredible performance against Calvin Cater. Um, best boxer in the UFC. Talking to the commentary team, it, it was it was insane. Dodging punches, going backwards, uh, no look punches. I mean, Max Holloway was just. He, he showed himself that night. It was the greatest performance I've ever seen, without a doubt. Like, I don't even think it's close. And it, it almost made it hard for me to do this one because after I wrote that down, like, nothing nothing else <laughs> felt like it measured up, right? Like, it was just right. like, the next things that I started thinking about, I was like, it doesn't even measure up. Does it even deserve to be on the same list? Like, that's right. how incredible <laughs> Max Holloway was. So, yeah, Max Holloway, by a mile ahead of the year. But I also think, I mean, for me at least... It's the it's the singularly best performances performance I've ever seen in UFC history or MMA history. I mean, it was it was incredible. Um, I went uh, I went Poirier McGregor two uh, as my second 
Uh, I mean, you just described it. And, and I think, you know, the moment it's, it's Conor McGregor and all the questions about Dustin and, and, uh, you know, reliving the first fight so many times leading up to that. Uh, I, I just think that, that, that a lot of the outside the octagon stuff probably factored into that for me. Um, I went Francis over Stipe number three. And part of it was because like, we know Francis has this crazy knockout power, but like you felt like watching that fight that Francis had a good game plan, that he was patient, he showed takedown defense. Like it, it just it, it looked like a guy that was more than just a knockout puncher beating Stipe Miocic. And then I, I ended up writing down Sean O'Malley over Chris Matino uh, as oh, an honorable man. mention because <laughs> I don't remember the numbers, but the amount of times that Sean O'Malley hit that dude. You could probably give them both like a performance award for that. Yeah, because, I was just like, about to say that. <laughs> for Sean O'Malley, I mean, he was like connecting Will on like 90% of his his strikes in that fight and and also for Matino to absorb all of it and keep going for and the ref was the one that ultimately decided that that he had had enough, but yeah, that was that was a wild one. Yeah, I mean, just to see Chris Matino and and then you see a lot of the guys that Sean O'Malley fights when they're when they're hitting when Sean O'Malley's hitting them with these shots, like they they're dropping like flies. Yeah. Chris Mutino is just walking through these shots and just asking for more. Like it was it was it was incredible. I don't think I don't think we've seen Chris Mutino since, but I'm really yeah. excited to see him fight again, man. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that was that was just wild. Uh what a crazy fight. All right. Uh UFC debut of the year. All right, I've got I've got four. I couldn't okay. I couldn't do three again. I've got four. Uh, and three of these happened on the same night. Um, fourth place for me is um, Chris Curtis over uh, Phil ha- Phil Hawes and the okay. at MSG. Um, a lot of a lot of people were writing off Chris Curtis. I mean, I, I'm not sure that they were necessarily writing him off more than they were just really confident in what Phil Hawes was doing. I mean, he was a, he's Phil Hawes is still a, a prospect at middleweight, and it looked like uh, he was like on his way up. But for Chris Curtis to go out there and knock him out. Uh, an incredible performance. Third place, um, I'm going Ian Gary. Uh, dang, I forgot who, who the guy that he beat. What, Jordan Williams. His name was. Jordan Williams. That's right. Um, it was a fight that he was uh, that he was struggling in, and then uh, Ian Gary at the at the end there at the end of the at the end of the round just landed a beautiful uh, uh, beautiful hook that uh, knocked out Jordan Williams, and then the follow up shot. Um, Ian Gary, he's he's someone who had a lot of publicity uh, surrounding him coming into the fight. And for him to just um, knock out of the park like that um, definitely uh, deserves to be on this list. Uh, second place for me, and this one was tough, um, choosing between the two, but um, Alex Pajeda for me uh, at second place. Um, you have a lot of questions, but you know the potential that he has um, being a guy who was beating Israel Adesanya. So you know he's a very good uh, kickboxer, but... Uh, coming into MMA, I mean, uh, in the first round, it was it was you know all the questions were kind of getting answered. You know, his he still needs to work on his takedown defense. But in the second round, to land that jumping knee, I mean, it just shows that this that the fights with this guy can end at, in a blink of an eye. And then did you hear that he's fighting Bruno Silva yeah, next? Yeah, that's an oh awesome my fight. gosh, that is going that is going to be an incredible fight. Bruno Silva is looking like a world beater. That that fight is going to be incredible. But Alex Pajeda debut was uh, at MSG. It was uh, it was incredible, but yeah, I think all of the three MSG debuts were were good. But number one for me is uh, Michael Chandler in January against Dan Hooker. You know, um, for him to go in there against a top UFC lightweight, 
uh, on a Conor McGregor card um, to go in there and just basically knock out Dan Hooker, a guy who um, had just took Dustin Poirier five rounds, beat F- Paul Felder uh, five rounds. Like uh, Dan Hooker was is is very talented, but for Michael Chandler to just go out there and and knock him out like that, um, and then the call out of of, of Khabib and and, and Poirier and all, yeah. and all of the top guys, like I think he just knocked that out of the park. Uh, so Michael Chandler, number one for me. I uh, I had Patty Pimblett and Ian Gary, kind of like I couldn't decide which one uh, in my third place spot. Uh, but uh, you know, both with uh, both international guys with uh, a lot of momentum coming into the UFC. I also had Alex Bejeda at number two. Uh, what an incredible knee finish that was! And then, uh, dude, Michael Chandler makes his UFC debut as the co-main event on a Conor McGregor card and gets the finish immediately. Like. I, you, I think you can make the argument a little bit like Max Holloway in performance of the year that that might be the greatest UFC debut ever. Yeah, absolutely. Just unreal. Michael Chandler, I mean, for him to just go out there uh, with the stakes so high, like a, a, a potential championship fight uh, if he were to win, like you, you didn't really know. I think Khabib had, was still, like the division was still up for grabs at that point. You didn't yeah. know what Khabib was going to do. But for him to um, get the knockout in such a high stakes fight card and a high stakes fight itself, um, I mean, I don't think there's any other way you could go. Yeah. All right, rising star of the year. So, for me, um, my, my my list is kind of a, I'm not gonna say it's all over the place, but uh, it's it's different um, different paths, I guess you could say. Um, I, I do want to uh, put a, a, an honorable mention on Amanda Lemos on. Um, Aaron Blanchfield, uh, they both rising stars. But for me, uh, my third place is Chris Curtis. I think um, he's a rising star in this game. He, I mean, for him to get the, those two knockouts. And then he's just a really, really likable guy. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, we've had him as an underdog these last two, but I think yeah. uh, we're really going to have to pay attention to the guy now. Second place, I have Islam. Uh, Mahashev, I mean, uh, for for all the reasons that we already know about, I mean, the guy has won so many in a row. Um, I think he's probably the next guy for the for the lightweight title. Uh, Like it's going to be his pretty soon. And uh, first place for me, uh, like you said, I mean, he's technically not a champion yet. Uh, See, I think he's still like he's there, but like at the same time, he's not there. Uh, Surogan. Very nice. So I had I had Cyril Gon and Islam both in my non-champion fighter of the year. So like to me, like I felt like they had kind of solidified themselves more than maybe like the group that I put together for Rising Star. But I like I, all those make sense. Uh, I had Aaron Blanchfield uh, on as an honorable mention. Uh, I went tied to Ivasa number three. Um, you know, to to think about where tied to Ivasa was in January and where he is now, uh, I feel like he's really done a lot for his brand. I went uh, Giga Chikadze, number two. Um, again, just, you know, I, I don't know how many people knew who Giga Chikadze was in January, but uh, from January to now, I mean, he's a true contender. And then number one, like, this guy was a star last year, and because of numerous situations, wasn't able to fight for a while, finally got his opportunity, and the expectations were through the roof. Like, anything short of this guy being completely dominant was going to result in his star power falling, and he delivered, and that's Hamza Chemaev. Like, it's crazy that Hamza Chemaev could possibly capitalize on the momentum he had in only one opportunity this year, but he absolutely did it, and he is uh, he's knocked it out of the park. So 
Uh, rising star, number one, Hamzat Shemaya for me. Yeah, you know, I guess I thought that Hamzat was the rising star last year. I think now he's a star. Um, I, I think... Uh, That's fair. I, I, yeah, so, you know, I think Hamzat... Uh, I think that's still a very a very good pick. Like, uh, he would have been number one on my list. I still thought that he was a rising star. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think Islam... Or not Islam. I think uh, Hamzat, man, just... Like, he hadn't fought for, for all that time. And then for him to just get this fight with Lee Jang Leong and just to knock it out of the park like that. Yeah. His that was it was his best performance. I mean, all all of those fights that he's had uh before that, I think that was still his best performance because right. um the layoff, I mean, now he's on a main card of a pay-per-view. And then to just pick pick the dude up, carry him over to Dana White, talk talk to talk to Dana White while he's beating him up and then choke him out unconscious. I mean it can't get any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, upset of the year. What did you have for upset of the year? So, I kind of only had two that I okay. was really like confident about. I mean, I want to try to think of 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 one more. All right, I'll give you a minute, kinda... uh, and I'll go first. Uh, so, my number three was Chris Curtis over Brendan Allen. Uh, Chris Curtis, as as you mentioned, got the win over Phil Haas, but even after that, I think people just kind of felt like big punch, and and uh, you know we'll see what happens. And and Brendan Allen's a pretty skilled guy everywhere, and uh, Chris Carter, Curtis delivered again in a big way. So that's my number three. I mentioned this one earlier for uh, submission of the year: Anthony Hernandez, Rodolfo Vieira. Uh, I mean, Rodolfo was a massive favorite, and uh, Anthony Hernandez then submitted the submission specialist in the matchup. Huge upset, and the number one. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could go anywhere but Juliana Pena over Amanda Nunez. Okay, so just uh, thinking of a few um, off the top, uh, like you said, uh, Anthony Hernandez and Vieira, that was uh, a pretty huge upset. Um, I kind of want to say that the Benil Dariush and Tony Ferguson was a little bit of a, was a little bit of an upset. Nobody, nobody really. I mean, there was people like you picked Benil, yeah, um, but you know, a lot of people were still respecting Tony Ferguson. Um, but the two that I, that I really, uh, settled on, uh, Glover Teixeira over Jan Blachowicz yeah. at, uh, 267, man. Uh, I think, uh, Jan closed at like a minus 300 or a minus 400, something, something like that. Uh, but I mean, you, you, you know, that Glover is, is tough, but you know, for him to just go out there and just completely dominate that fight, uh, that took the took it for me at number two and the number one of course is uh Peña over Nunes. I was so shook shook up by that on on fight day, man. I was so shook up that Juliana Peña had did that to Amanda Nunes. I'm literally sitting there on on my couch just like in in disbelief in shock. <laughs> and then Poirier and, and Oliveira are making their walk, and I can't even get up for this fight. Like I can't even get excited about it. Like Bruce is announcing them, and I and I'm still like. I cannot believe that happened. Like yeah. I cannot believe Amanda Nunes just lost. And it wasn't until like uh, the referee pulled them uh, pulled him in for the little talk that they had before the fight that I was like, oh, okay, let me lock in. It's time to lock in. But Juliana Pena, there's no other way that you can go. Uh, I think Amanda and Juliana. I think that was probably the biggest upset of all time. Uh, I mean, I, there's like others that are in the discussion, but that's one of the best all-time upsets uh, of all time. Yeah. All right, round of the year. Where did you go here? I I struggled with this because I struggled to remember what happened exactly in what round, like how much of 
one thing happened maybe in one round versus if there was any carryover in the next round in terms of like me, re me remembering the sequences? So um, I had uh, Max versus Yair, round two. Uh, incredible round. I had uh, Poirier McGregor, uh, fight number two, round one. Uh, that round was was incredible. Those guys were going back and forth. Connor um, landed some big shots. Dustin was able to uh, withstand and uh, still come back and throw. And the number one for me, uh, round three of Volkanovski and Ortega. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, Volkanovski was in control of the fight until he wasn't. I mean, it, in, in, in the blink of an eye, he was trapped in a in a submission and against against the guy who you never want to be in a submission against. And somehow he was able to withstand it two times. He was able to get um, out of those submissions. It was it was crazy to see. So uh, my round of the year is definitely Volkanovski and Ortega. All right. I will go. Uh... That Marab Marais round one, I feel like, was really crazy. Um, but I can't remember... I can't remember exactly, like, how much of the... Like, the sequence in my mind happened in round one and how much of it maybe carried over to round two. Uh, so I'll go... I'll go Dustin Connor uh, in January, round one. I'll go Volk uh, Ortega, as you mentioned, in, what, round three? Round three, yeah. As my number two. And I'm going to go Gaethje Chandler round one as my number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that round was that round was sick. I, I mean, I I can't I don't I don't think that I even like could separate like the rounds just because the entire fight itself right. was so good. Uh, but that's that's a great one, man. Just uh, yeah. them went how they went out there and just just went after each other like that. That's a that's a good one. So, all right, rivalry of the year, Will. What do you got? Oh man, um, so third place. You know, it, it was tough because I feel like uh, this guy could have could have been in like two potential rivalry of the years. But I'm going to go uh, Usman and Covington uh, as as my third place. Um, second place. Hmm, do I want to go here? Or do I want to go? Second place, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and do Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. I think there's just like the whole entire year uh, they were at each other's throats, Pena yeah. calling her out. Uh, uh, you, you normally don't see Nunez in, in back and forth like this, but for but for Juliana to, to call her out, call her wife out, say all these different things, um, I, I think she really brought out, she tried to bring out the best in Amanda and she said everything that she was going to do and she did it. So uh, number two is Pena Nunez and then number one uh, I think is pretty easy. Uh, it's Poirier McGregor, uh, those two uh, went at it yeah. for the entire year, basically, uh, at least the half of the year. Uh, two, we got two massive main event fights out of it. Um, Poirier got a big payday out of it. You know, of course, you see the type of star that McGregor is. Uh, so Poirier McGregor, uh, rivalry of the year for me. All right. Uh, so number three, I will go Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> the gift that keeps giving the entire year. It's it's been amazing. Uh, and that Aljo's kind of leaned into uh, all of it is on on social media is fantastic. Uh, I went Usman Colby as my number two, and then uh, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor as my number one. But I do have a significant honorable mention that I think needs to be brought up here. My significant honorable mention for rivalry of the year is Paulo Costa versus cutting weight. <laughs> 
That should be our number one, man. Uh, oh, my gosh. I've never seen anything like that, man. Paulo Costa comes into fight week and basically, say, and basically <laughs> says, I'm not going to make uh, uh, middleweight. Can we do a 195 catch weight first? Yeah. And it's just fight week. And then uh, days before he says, can we do it? Just do it at light heavyweight. I've never seen anything like that. Definitely disrespected yeah. the sport. Made Marvin Vittori, a guy who is very unlikable, made him one of the uh, <laughs> baby faces of, of the entire sport. Like everyone was pulling for Marvin Vittori. Everyone was saying, Marvin, just knock this guy out. It, it, it was crazy, man. Um, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Man, just this year, there's so many things that's happened this year, but Paulo Costa and his weight cut shit, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Most improved. All right, most improved. Um, I think uh, third place for me. Well, honorable mention. I'm going to go Juliana Pena uh, for how much she's improved. I thought that after she had her baby, she kind of um, she wasn't performing that well. I think uh, she still needed to get her feet uh, back under her. But I think uh, in this year, especially, she's really um, proved that she's back. And of course, beating the goat, uh, she she made uh, significant strides. But third place for me is uh, Glover Teixeira. Uh, I think that you can you can kind of see the improvements already, but I think just this year, uh, the way he went out there and just solidified the title victory, uh, I think he solidified it. Second place, I'm going uh, Tai Tuavasa. Uh, I think just uh, he was good w- with his knockouts and everything, but he's really went in uh, into the training room and really worked on the rest of his MMA skills, and it's really opened up more knockouts for him. Um, so second place is Tai Tuavasa for me, and then first place. Is uh, Charles Oliveira, man, and like I said, same thing with Glover. I think that you can kind of see him improving, but I think now he's improved even more. He's went from, um, he's went from a guy who's on the rise to uh, a guy who's who can has the potential to be a pretty dominant champion. Um, and you know, I, I never saw this coming. You know, Charles Oliveira, the way he uh, beat Michael Chandler and beat Dustin Poirier, those are two massive, massive wins and massive, massive spots. And then the mentality um, has improved as well. So Charles Oliveira for me. I had about 12 names written down for this. Um, so I will go Surreal Gone number three uh, to just watch what he did this year and the improvement that he made, how far he, like that dude, his skill set is just ridiculous. Um, uh, I went tied to Ivasa number two. Um, you know, his personality, the shoey, like all of that kind of helps the star power, but it doesn't matter if you're not getting wins. And uh, the guy is, has put himself on the map. And then I went Bobby Green, number one. Uh, when you look at his 2021 and, you know, the Fazeev fight, the Ally Quinta fight, um, you know, Bobby Green in a division that's full of killers and he's been around forever, looks like he's taken another step this year. So, Yeah, you know, Bobby Green, uh, I, I've always thought he was skilled, but I think uh, the way that uh, he's been able to uh, sustain that level of skill for all these years and it still feels like he's getting better. Yeah. Um, the way that he knocked out Al, uh, the way that he was in uh, Rafael Vizzi's face. I mean, nobody has been able to do that to Fazeev. But, um, you know, Bobby Green continues to get better, man. And he's one of those guys who's like a fine wine, man. He's, he gets older, but he's getting better with age. Uh, I got one more if you want to do it on the fly. We didn't plan this one, but uh, division of the year. Man, okay. Uh, yeah, let's do it. We can do that. Um, I have two already, but I need to okay. think about what I want the third one to be, and it's between two and... Okay, I have my three. Okay, what do you got? You want me to go first or you want to go? I'll go first. 
So I went uh, 145 third. I went 135 second and 155 first. So uh, my honorable mention is 170, but third place is uh, 145. Second place is uh, 155. And first place is 135. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I you can probably flip a coin with 135 and 155 and be Those just divisions fine. are crazy, man. It, it, it's insane. You know, the in, in all the years I've been watching the UFC, there's been some pretty stacked divisions. Like, lightweight's always been pretty stacked, but, like, it's never been like this. Like, lightweight is so loaded. And then bantamweight, man. Like, you could see, you could see the, the bantamweight division start to get better. But then, like... Aldo drops down to 135. Frankie Edgar drops down to 135. Dominic Cruz comes back. TJ Dillashaw comes back. Um, Marlon Marais uh, was just number one, and now he's down to like number 11 or 12. Yeah. Marab is there. Uh, this is top Sterling. 15. Aljo's the champ, and then you have Jan as the interim, and then the rankings go Dillashaw, Aldo, Sanhagen, Font, Marab, Cruz, Cheeto Vera, Marlon Marais, Pedro Munoz at 10, Frankie Edgar, Sean O'Malley, Ricky Simone, Song Yadong, Rafael Sunsal. It's 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 just crazy, man. Like that's uh, as as solid of a top fifteen that you'll get. Like yeah. uh, Frankie Edgar is a former UFC lightweight champion, a former uh, multiple time featherweight title contender, uh, and he's all the way down at what uh, what would you say 11, 12? Edgar's at eleven, yeah. And then like uh, Cruz is a is probably. One of the best bantamweights of all time, TJ. Like this division is stacked, but the same can be said for 155. Like you've got, I, I mean, I'll let you read off the uh, 155 names, but Conor McGregor is, isn't even in the top five, and he's the double champion, yeah. a former double champion. All right, 155. Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Benil Dariush, Islam Mahashev, Michael Chandler at five, RDA, Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor at nine, Gregor Gillespie ten. Fazeev, Gamrot, Sarukian, Brad Riddell, and Diego Fajeda. Man. I mean, like, Tony Ferguson, former interim champion, isn't even in the top five. Yeah. RDA, former uh, lightweight champion, is in the top five. Uh, Conor McGregor, like I said. And then you got these prospects there at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, it's these two divisions, man. Like, like I said, you can flip a coin, but these divisions are so loaded. It, it is insane. Yeah, a lot of fun. And I, I love the fact that in, in 2021, we got a little bit of a, a reshuffle and rejuvenation in the heavyweight division. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that, too, because like I said, there's it's been year like a few years the division was kind of held up by D.C. and Stipe. Yeah. And then now you got New Blood, Tom Aspinall, Cyril Gaon, uh, you know, Chris Dacus. And you still have like the, the older guys like Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades and Volkov there. But, I mean, the, the division is starting to stack. And then you add in John Jones. Uh, and then they're still, uh, like, tied to Avasa is good. And right. Gusto Sakai. Um, so, like, when, when Alistair Overeem and Junior Dos Santos got released, you were kind of thinking, like, oh, man, like, the heavyweight division, it's it's getting worse. But it's actually gotten way better, man. And uh, all these divisions. Yeah. I mean, all these divisions from top to bottom, these divisions are so loaded. It's crazy. The, the talent in the UFC is just stacked. Well, I think when, uh, when Francis won against Stipe... I did a snapshot of the top 15 at that the week after that happened, and then a snapshot of the top 15 a year before. And the year before, you had Stipe and DC at the top, but but as you just mentioned, Overeem and uh, JDS and Olenek was in there, and Verdum was in there, and Arlovsky was in there. And 
Like there were like seven names from the year before that were in there that that weren't in a year later. And no disrespect to any of those guys, but it was a it was an older division, and you just you injected a bunch of youth and and some up and comers with a good combination of of solidified stars like Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. That um, and you know if John Jones ever decides to fight a heavyweight, uh, that division has the chance to you know become incredible. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just kind of it, it kind of felt stale for a long time. Yeah, it definitely felt stale, and I think that's why DC got got the title shot because you know there wasn't really any clear you know, contenders. And then yeah. um, it, it kind of worked out because you got a trilogy out of it and you can kind of let the, the heavyweight division work itself out. But even afterwards, um, you know, Francis had, you know, ran through the division and, you know, you needed some new blood. And, you know, now these these are these are really, really skilled heavyweights. Like Shrill Gan comes in there and he's not your typical <laughs> uh, Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou type heavyweight. That's what makes the, the Ngannou Shrill Gan fight so intriguing. And then you bring in John Jones. Uh, you know how skilled he is. Tom Aspinall. You see how skilled he is. Like it's, uh, you see the evolution of the sport just in that division in, uh, alone. Yeah, no doubt. What a year, man! Twenty twenty one. Like when twenty twenty ended, and we did this a year ago. I thought, like, I, I don't know how the UFC is able to duplicate what they pulled off this year. And you know, they did it with the entire world watching them because they were the only thing happening for a long time. And not only did they. I mean, they, they surpassed it by a mile, right? Like, this this year was unbelievable. Starting with the Max Holloway-Calvin Cater fight on ABC in January, taking us all the way to UFC 269, like, un, unreal. Yeah, you know, I think after 2020, after seeing how the UFC pulled off what they pulled off in the midst of a pandemic, uh, Fight Island and um, these these venues with no crowd, and, you know, the pay-per-views were still so good. Yeah. Uh, you, you didn't really realize, like, that there's something that it could get better. But 2021, I mean, you knocked it out of the park. They knocked it out of the park with all 12 pay-per-views, all the fight nights. And they were, you know, there's, they were still going like weekly on a weekly basis. I mean, there was, there was like breaks here and there. And I mean, selfishly as fans, we don't want them to take any breaks, but like for the, for the most part, the UFC is going weekly and having pay-per-views every month. And, uh at first, there was no, there was no, um, there was no fans. They were using the apex, but then you bring fans back in, and I think it just took the pay per views and everything up a, a whole level. So um, I, I'm excited for what 2022 yeah. is going to bring. Um, you know, you hope that this uh, pandemic will, will, we can, you know, get it under control. But you know, you see that the UFC, regardless of the situation, they're going to be, they're going to be going. They're, you know, there's nothing that's going to uh, really stop them. So, uh, I mean, kudos to the UFC, Dana White, the whole team. Um, uh, amazing, amazing fights that we've seen, and I'm sure we'll see more than 22. Amen, buddy. It's been an awesome year, my friend. Uh, we will take a few weeks off. Uh, we're going to kick 2022 off with a shoey and uh, a big, a big fight card featuring Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze which should be an awesome main event to kick off 2022. But uh, I can't wait, man. Enjoy your time off and certainly want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. Absolutely, man. A Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and everyone out there, man.
podcast is over.